Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel with a brief sermon reprise. It has been a while, hasn't it? Um, a lot has happened since our last recording. Um, one of the major ones is that we have moved, my family and I, and thus the prolonged uh, time period before we recorded. But I'm excited to be able to get behind the microphone and share with you some thoughts. Uh, we just heard the sermon from the first part uh, of a sermon series entitled PBNJ. And if you heard the sermon, you know that it's not a sermon about peanut butter and jelly. It's a sermon about prayer, Bible, and Jesus. And that first sermon was entitled Baby Talk. I wanted to highlight uh, an additional point surrounding the idea that God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Remember how in the sermon I illustrated that thoughts cannot be heard nor understood unless they are expressed through words? Remember when I heard, held my fingers to my forehead and I looked at you guys? Um, well, I want to highlight one more area about that, one more thing about that. In this equation of thoughts needing to be heard by words, this only applies to us knowing and understanding God, but not vice versa. God does not need my words to know my thoughts. Psalms 139 verse 4 says, this is the New King James, For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Psalms 139 verse 4 in the New Living Translation says, You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. This idea is further um, highlighted in the Bible, again from the New Living Translation, in Isaiah 65 verse 24. I will answer them before they even call to me. There are many other passages that illustrate this reality. God does not need my words to know my thoughts. While I was still in Columbus, Ohio, church planting, two good friends uh, from Cuba, uh, Sergey and Janet, had a precious baby girl. In answer to their prayers for a long period of time, they were asking for a baby and they rejoiced when they received their baby girl. Sergey couldn't contain himself with the joy of having this precious little girl. And now I understand his joy very well. I visited them about two weeks after the, their baby had been born. We had become very good friends by then, so they were very open with the things they shared with me. And Janet shared how the first week, Sergey had reached the point of exhaustion because their daughter just wouldn't stop crying. It got to the point where Sergey ran out of the house, screaming and waving his hands in the air because he just couldn't take the idea that he couldn't help his daughter to stop crying. He didn't know how to make his precious daughter to stop crying. They called someone very special in Florida who quickly got on a plane and agreed to stay with them for a while, and that was Sergey's mom. Now that grandma was home, what a difference. So I was there. Sergey's mom had already arrived by the time I got to visit them. She was a very calm and gentle grandma. As they were speaking, uh, as we were sharing, the baby began to cry and become restless. And Sergey, again, I could see the tension. He did not know what to do. 
So his mom stepped in, looked and listened to the baby in, in a matter of seconds. And she said, oh, the baby's hungry and she has a wet diaper. Sergei, of course, re refuted that. Oh, impossible, mom. I just fed her and I just changed her. The mom said, Sergei, she's hungry and her diaper's wet. Uh, Janet quickly intervened and actually agreed with her mother-in-law and said, your mom's right, Sergei. You did feed her, but you forgot to burp her. So she vomited most of the milk a short time after you fed her. So it makes sense that she's hungry again. By the time they were done explaining this, the mom had already changed the diaper, had already picked up the baby, was comforting the baby, and was having a bottle being warmed so that the baby could um, be fed. Soon, their baby had stopped crying. Grandma, because of her past experience in raising kids, could understand the subtle cries of her grandchild. Her grandchild would not get to understand grandma's words until a few years later, but grandma understood her grandchild's crying now. Her grandchild did not need words to be understood. And if that can happen at a human level, how much more at a divine human relationship? That's why the Bible encourages us to pray because God knows our thoughts even before they become words. Um, and one, one last verse to drive this point home. The Bible says in Romans 8, 26 and 27, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in our prayers. But what does that, what does that mean? Uh, I'm going to summarize a paraphrase that I read years ago regarding these verses. This paraphrase, in summary, puts it like this. Because the Holy Spirit knows what we think, He can see our thoughts before they become words. Sometimes our thoughts can be so conflicting and so confusing. Sometimes our thoughts are so full of discouragement and frustration, maybe even anger. Sometimes our thoughts can be so full of hurt and pain that all that comes out of our mouth are groanings and sighings. Yet the Holy Spirit takes those sounds and translates them into the very words we are not able to find words to express. Just like Sergei's mom, God knows why we cry. So our cryings are also perfect prayers when we cry in God's presence. So even when all I can do is cry, God understands. He understands my groaning and sighing because He knows me as intimately as my thoughts. So again, the Bible stresses this point. It is not the amount of words that matter when I pray, but rather the conviction of my heart that when I approach God, I am approaching my Heavenly Father who loves me and knows me and understands me, even when all I can do is cry.